Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both SnoozeFest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Heather Reed is a happiness coach for moms, a certified pediatric sleep coach, and a certified vision integration method coach. She is the creator of the Happiest Mom Society, the Becoming You Vision Board Workshop, the Teach Your Baby to Sleep program, and the Say Yes to You 90-Day Planning System. Heather is passionate about serving moms by providing a space where they can reconnect to themselves with the support of a loving community and expert resources. By providing programs, courses, and classes, she empowers moms to embrace the idea that their life balance and unencumbered joy is vital to a fulfilled and happy life for themselves and for their families. It's her mission to help moms simplify, reduce stress, improve their marriages, refocus on themselves, and bring more calm into their homes. Heather is breaking generational cycles, disrupting the motherhood martyrdom, and creating space for freedom, passion, and joy to moms worldwide. Heather, welcome to the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I wanted to have you on the podcast uh, because number one, you're a sleep consultant, but more importantly, I'm pretty obsessed with your pivot to happiness coach. Can you tell us about sort of how this all came about and what exactly does it mean to be a happiness coach? Yeah, so that's a great question because I feel like I've spent the last year like shifting how people see me, right? Because I was always known as like the sleep lady or, or the sleep consultant. Um, so what I was noticing even in my own journey, but also with other moms that I worked with was that sleep was one part of the equation, a very, very critical, very important part, still something that I work very closely with people on, but it wasn't the whole picture. And that more often than not, moms are running very depleted, right? In all areas of their life. So that's not just sleep, it's nutrition depletion. It is um, depletion in their marriages, depletion in their joy and satisfaction in life. Um, and so I started on my own journey trying to navigate all of this, right? And like, how do I, how do I, take care of myself while also making sure my family's needs are met. Um, and as I went down that path and started discovering resources, I was like, I need to help moms in a bigger way, in a more holistic way. So what a happiness coach really is, is a lot of what you were describing, like reconnecting to ourselves and what brings us joy versus um, just stuffing it all down and ignoring our needs completely and recognizing that we are just as important a member of our family as the other people in our family that we're taking care of. Um, and in fact, in many ways, we are the most important because when we're depleted and unhappy, struggling with depression, anxiety, you know, all of these things that are just epidemic in motherhood right now, um, our family really suffers as a result of that. So 
in reading the research, mom's happiness is vital and critical to overall success, health and happiness of our whole family. And so you're out there doing the good work, helping moms to sort of get back on track with their own happiness, which I just think is brilliant. I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it too, especially because it's so opposite of what we were taught as children, right? That moms need to ignore their own needs and take care of everybody else. And so it's just shifting that paradigm. Um, that's really fun to see. And I'm starting to see it like culturally becoming more normalized and accepted. It's not, there's not so much shame around it, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. So when I think of, I think of like motherhood, I'm also, you know, I'm a mom, but I'm also an entrepreneur, right? So, and I think that term mompreneur is a little silly, but I think it works in, in this situation. Um, I guess my question to you is like, do you have any tips or tricks or strategies for keeping that sort of happiness level up uh, and and remaining sort of joyful when you are straddling both like motherhood and entrepreneurship? Because like our fate, our, our plates are full. Like we have a lot going yeah. on. This is, this is tough stuff. Yeah. And it is, it is a juggle. Right. And so I've heard people say it to me, Oh, people talk about balance. And I think that's a load of BS. Like there's no balance, um, but there definitely can be. And I think it's really getting to the heart of this hustle culture as entrepreneurs and recognizing that we only have a certain number of hours in the day and that it's okay to go slower. So much is celebrated in entrepreneurship of like, I hit this much money this fast, 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 fast. And For me, especially because I've been building my business with my children at home, like throughout the pandemic, my son just started preschool two weeks ago. So like I had, I had kids home with me full time. I had to allow myself the grace that I couldn't work full time in my business and that was okay. And that it was okay to grow at a slower pace than what's marketed out there as like what success means. So that's part of it is just giving yourself grace and recognizing what's reasonably accomplishable. <laughs> that's a phrase in in the time that you have. Um, the other thing that works really, really well for me and has worked really well for my clients is taking the time to plan and map out what your days look like so that you can be realistic with your time, which is part of why I created the Say Yes to You Planner because it incorporates a lot of my different practices and principles around planning, but also self-care and taking care of ourselves in the process. So um, I'm actually running a challenge in October that I can give you the link to um, for free in my Facebook group that's going to walk people through some of these practices around how to structure your days and make sure you're making time for yourself too. Yeah, I think that your points are spot on. Number one, like we have to manage our own expectations and be realistic about what progress and growth can look like in our own lives. You know, I think that comparison is the thief of joy, right? When we're looking around and seeing what other people are doing, or sometimes it's just looking around and seeing what other people say they're doing and they're not even necessarily doing it, right? Right, that really can suck the life out of you and make you feel like garbage when, you know, I think that that the easiest way to be successful is just to be in like 
a competition with yourself. That's always how I, and, and competition is a strong word. Maybe that's the wrong word, but you know, I always am just like looking inward in my own entrepreneurial journey. And I'm just trying to like get better at what I do on my own spectrum. And, and I'm not looking outward. I'm not looking to see what my competitors are doing or what others in the field are doing. It just doesn't matter. Like my business has to work for me. It has to work for my family. It has to work for my life. Um, And of course, easier said than done, right? Like I can sit on zoom and have this like really thoughtful, responsible conversation with you about like managing my own expectations and keeping my own self in check. But, you know, when you actually start to live and breathe that, um, I do think that like you end up a happier person, right? When you're, when you're not constantly comparing yourself to others. Yeah, there's that piece. And there's also the piece of just having boundaries around our business in general. And I think with sleep consulting, it can be really difficult because, um, you know, there's bedtime, there's middle of the night, there's all day with naps. If you're not mindful of what boundaries are okay with you, it can consume you, right? And that's something I had to learn probably a year into my business was like, okay, there are moms who want my support 24 seven, like immediate responses. And at first I was doing that and I was finding that I was just wiped out and exhausted all the time. So I had to put some expectations around like, okay, you know, I offer bedtime support, like really reactive, quick response support for this period of time at the beginning of our package when it's the most challenging. And then after that, like, here are my business hours, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's not only managing expectations around the times that you're available, but also like the emotional weight that you're carrying on your own shoulders, right? Um, Because when our clients are stressed and, you know, over the years of doing this, my skin has thickened and I have become less emotionally uh, charged by what's going on in my clients' homes. But every now and then you get a client that really like strikes a nerve with your own emotions. And it really like just the way that our work can suck the life out of us, like from a time perspective, it can also have that effect from like an emotional perspective, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you're talking about, you know, becoming sleep consultants, it's different than other lines of work that are not as emotionally charged. Right. And so looking at yourself and your own personality type, like I know that I'm highly sensitive. I know I'm very empathic. If I don't put some boundaries around those, even just energetic boundaries of like, that's their stuff. I'm not going to absorb this right now. It, you know, I've had times where I've completely burned out because I just was absorbed, like absorbing all the things and I didn't know how to manage that. So um, I've heard that from other sleep consultants too, that they've had to take breaks. So just being mindful of like daily self-care practices to recenter and to um, allow yourself to kind of build that energy back up within you is really going to be important. Yeah. For people who are listening to this and they're wondering like, what does that look like? How do you actually do that? Like, what are the things that you can do on like a really small scale to like build back your own positive energy and just like resilience and happiness? Like for me, it's, it could be something as simple as like 
being at the grocery store, listening to a podcast that I was excited to listen to, you know, yeah. like not scrolling my phone, not texting with clients, but just like listening and enjoying, or maybe it's like my kids are in the backseat of the car and I'm actually like talking to them and having like yeah. a really great conversation and enjoying them. Right. And, you know, it's easier in the car because I can't be like talking. I can't be like scrolling my phone and talking and driving at the same time. Um, yeah. But like actually taking those tiny little moments and like seizing them. Yeah. So and it looks different for everybody. Like I've always said as a sleep consultant, I'm not a one size fits all sleep consultant. Same thing goes for everything I do. I think it's so dependent on like what brings you joy. So paying attention when are you feeling happiest throughout your day? Like really starting to notice. So it could be, it could be a dance party in your living room. It could be just taking a second to breathe like deeply into your belly. Um, that actually triggers your sympathetic nervous system. So it takes you out of fight or flight. If you're feeling really stressed and anxious and puts you back into what should be your baseline state with your sympathetic nervous system. Um, so that's one option that I practice all the time. And it doesn't even have to be work related. If like the kids are fighting and, you know, dinner's burning on the stove or whatever, like that can just help to like bring those emotions down. Um, but I also, I journal daily, which I highly recommend. It helps get all of that gunk out of your head. Um, I also meditate every day, which again is another practice to just kind of like release the stress. Um, and then whatever you find grounding, it could be like just standing in your backyard with your feet in the grass and listening to the birds chirp. It could be like you said, you know, just connecting with your children. So when I want to take time for those things, if I have a client that's highly anxious, I'll just say, look, I am spending some time with my family for the next little bit. So I won't be available on messenger for the next hour or two or whatever. Um, but I just want to give you a heads up. Right. And as long as they're aware that you're going to be gone for a little bit, it generally is fine. But again, it's just that like putting that boundary in place. Like I can't, I can't be here for you 24 seven. Right. <laughs> yeah. In, in when I was reading your bio, when I was reading your bio, um, you had mentioned motherhood martyrdom. And mm -hmm. I, this is something that I know we as sleep consultants, we see this come up a lot where moms feel like they need to be martyrs with regard to their children's sleep and, and, you know, I'll sleep when they go to college or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Um, but where are some other areas of parenting or motherhood where you see women going into this like martyrdom mode? I think it's really around boundaries in general, right. Is what it comes down to at the most basic level is not being willing to put any kind of boundaries in place for our kids. So we are constantly doing all the things all the time for them. Like one of my favorite things that I heard was that this woman, um, she just wanted to drink her coffee, like in quiet in the mornings, take half an hour and do that. So she taught her children, like for this half an hour while I'm drinking my coffee, like mommy's not available. <laughs> right. I mean, they're obviously a little bit older, um, and she would have her coffee and that was like a great way for her to start her day. Or, you know, as our kids get older doing chores, like we 
tend to have this feeling that we have to do everything for them all the time, but teaching them from a younger age, like you can pick up your toys. You know, we've been working with my son on that quite a bit. It's like, you can pick up your toys and put them away. You can go take that to your room. Um, but I know for me, like, especially when my daughter was little, I got into this habit of, I was just doing everything all the time. And it didn't even occur to me to like, stop and have the child get involved or stop and ask my partner for help. Um, and I think that's really the crux of it is like not taking the time to stop and realize that we're supported and that, and that we have a whole family that can participate in taking care of the home. Um, and making that time to, to ask, right. We just have to stop and, and ask and more often than not, they will help unless you have a, an unruly teenager like me. <laughs> yeah. My brain always goes back to like, where's this all coming from? Like, why are moms feeling like they have to be martyrs? Right. And the way I see this is like a lot of it comes from internet mom shaming. You know, I think there's a lot of, I think that there's a lot of mean nastiness that goes on in Facebook groups or message boards, or even just in real life where like moms are sort of like judging the way other moms are parenting and everybody's feeling really guilty about their choices, whether it be sleep related or parenting related or anything. Right. And there are all these experts out there telling us how to parent our kids. And if we're not doing it the way that the sort of like influencers are telling us to do it, uh, then we feel like we're failing, right? Um, how do we, as I guess, as moms and as entrepreneurs, like funnel through that that mess and like come out on the other side with something that works for our family? Yeah, so you're right in that like so much of it is is stemming from judgment and what is judgment trigger? It triggers shame. And I was listening to a podcast about shame um last week i think and they were they broke it down very very simply to shame really occurs when you trust others more than you trust yourself so we need to sink back into the fact that we say that again that is so good (laughs) say that again shame really occurs when you trust others more than you trust yourself that was from it's actually from a business podcast um but she's talking about shame because shame comes up so much right as entrepreneurs Um, And it's the Joyful Marketing Podcast, if anybody wants to go listen to it. Um, Why this is so important is because we're outsourcing our own inner knowing, right? We're saying this influencer, this random mom in a mom group knows better than I do how to parent and raise my own child. And that's never going to feel good right? That's automatically going to trigger, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, all these bad feelings. So if we can sink into like, I know that based on the information I've read from reputable sources, from my pediatrician, from what I know as a mom, this is the right decision for my family, whatever that decision is. And then just trusting in that, right? And that's easier said than done for sure. But the more you can start to practice that and the more you can detach from those more toxic environments, like a lot of mom groups are quite toxic, right? So finding ones that are safe and supportive versus 
really shamey. Um, there was a poem that one of my clients forwarded to me on Facebook that was all about like, it's not your time right now to pursue your hobbies, to travel, to like, it's, you may have seen this. It was all over Facebook. It's not your time, right? Like it's your time to change diapers and deal with sticky fingers and all that stuff. And I was like, you know, like my client sent it to me and she was like, this doesn't feel good. And I was like, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to be told that like you need to be completely neglected. Um, and what was very interesting, what I found fascinating is I commented on it with a fairly strong opinion that like, this is not healthy. The number of people who responded like very angry at my opinion was quite shocking but it didn't trigger shame in me because I know deep down that what I'm saying is my truth, right? I think for those people, it triggered shame because they did sacrifice everything and probably aren't super happy about it, you know? Like, and uh, Yeah, they're not feeling good about that choice, but like that is the choice that they made for the time being and they're sitting in that and sort of stewing in that. Yeah, like I think my opinion triggered shame in them because they chose differently. So I think just knowing that your decisions are the right decisions for your family and trusting in that and um, and really making that your North Star. Yeah. So you can and hear I other opinions, but it doesn't mean that your opinion is wrong. Yeah, and I'd love to relate this whole thought process to entrepreneurship, because I think the same thing really holds true, right? Like when we're trying to build our businesses, there's a lot of noise out there. You see other people doing it a certain way. It makes you think like, should I be doing it that way? Because they seem successful and I'm doing it my way and I haven't hit my stride yet. And it makes you doubt whether or not you're doing it right, or if you should yeah. keep going on the path that you're going on, or if you should pivot, or I don't know, hire a coach or buy this course or blah, blah, blah. Right. And yeah. I think like the real, the, you know, the real magic moment is when you gain confidence in your decisions, right. And you, yeah. when you feel good about your path and what you're doing and like, yeah, it might take some time. I may not have made it yet, but like, this is what I'm working on. This feels authentically me. This feels like the right decision for my business, for my self for my brand for my identity that's when you really sort of like hit your stride yep yep and I feel like that's interestingly that's the journey I've kind of been on this year in 2022 is I've been outsourcing a lot of that trust to other coaches and other experts as far as like how I should model my business how I should run my business how I should structure things and this year has been all about like, okay, I'm not working with a business coach right now for the first time in like a year and a half. Um, and I don't want to because I found myself, again, outsourcing that trust to them and not trusting like my own, my own truth. And so being able to rely on like, I know the best decision for my business, not to say that business coaches aren't necessary and helpful because I think they can see things from a perspective we can't always. Um, so this is not a slam on business coaching at all, but I was, I was not using it in a healthy way. Like I needed to learn how to trust my own decisions. 
Yeah, I see. So inside of Center for Pediatric Sleep Management, we have a really sort of lively, supportive, collaborative, bustling community of both graduates of the program and then also women who are sort of working their way through the program. And I'll see a lot of times they'll ask each other like, hey, can you share this thing that you've created? Like, you know, you know, I'm thinking about creating a newborn sleep guide. Like, does anyone have anything they'd be willing to share with me so that I can get ideas or whatever it is, right? And yeah. I'm always encouraging people like, don't do that. Don't no. do that. Like, yeah. you know, like the way that you become great at what you do is by being authentically you and like by by digging through the trenches to find your own voice, your own identity, your own style, like yeah. you selling somebody else's ideas is never going to work. It's just yeah. never going to work. I actually have a really good relationship with a colleague. She actually went through my program, but you know, I consider her a colleague and she is a uh, like toddler and preschooler uh, sleep coach and parenting coach. And she and I will talk all the time on how to support families with like two, three, four, five-year-olds. And she has her language and her systems and her stuff. And we talk about it. I know what she says. I know what she does. But anytime I ever go to coach a family, I, I do have like what she's taught me in the back of my head. But if I were to ever try to use her language yeah, come out sounding like ridiculous and flat because it's not my language. I didn't create that. Like, yeah. you know, she she says she says something called she uses the the velvet hammer. Okay, and yeah. like I think that that's great. I love the idea of the velvet hammer, but like I would never say that. I don't say velvet hammer. Like that's not yeah. my word. Those aren't my words, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I need to come up with my own way of coaching these families. That's that's authentic to me. That's my process. Even though I understand her process, it's not mine. I can't. I yeah. can't pass that off as mine. It doesn't work. It falls flat, you know? Um, and I think it's so important to get to a place where we feel confident enough in our, both in our mothering and in our skill as entrepreneurs where we, we own it. And we're like, this is what works for my family. This is what works for my business. And like, I'm here for it. And it's a process and it's like, it's not perfect. It's messy, but yeah. it's mine yeah. and I'm working on it. Well, and I've seen in the sleep space, well, and just in entrepreneurship in general, like a lot of, um, I'm not even sure the right word for it, but like thought robbery, right? Where, where someone That's a will... great word. That is a great word. Thought, <laughs> those are great. Thought robbery. <laughs> I like that. But where, you know, it's happened to me where I've had other sleep consultants literally steal my content word for word and then like use it in their own way. Or I had a sleep consultant that listened to an interview that I did where I was sharing my, at that time, my signature talk and they stole it and created a freebie on it. And I was just like, wow, it bothered me more so because they didn't have the confidence in their own abilities to like own their own expertise and, and use it in a way that was um, true and authentic to them. And so if I could encourage anybody, like, it's fine to use people as inspiration, you know, like, I was just saying, you know, that podcast was like that one thought from that podcast, but always give credit back where credit's due. Um, and like you were saying, those newborn sleep guides, I was tempted to do the same thing back when I created my newborn sleep course. And instead, I spent 
hours and hours and hours researching newborn sleep. I created my own masterclass completely on my own. And like, I'm so proud of it because I created that. Right. And I think there's, um, there can be some shame that comes from like, it's difficult to sell something if you know, it's not really yours. Right. I think, I think not only is it difficult, it's like damn near impossible. Yeah. It, it's just not a winning recipe at all, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and then even if by some crazy stretch of the imagination, like you are able to sell it, it just doesn't even feel right, you know, yeah. because it's not yours. And yeah. that is what I try so hard to instill in everybody who takes my program is that like, the winning recipe for success is like showing up as you, you know, yeah. and, and getting to a place where you feel really proud of the work that you're putting out rather than shame that it's not yours. Because when you show up with this like shadow of shame behind you, because you didn't really do the work to put out something that was authentically you, like people can smell that from a mile away. Totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 And, and even not just shame, but like, if it's not something you're really passionate about and you're like, I feel like I should be doing this because that's what, I don't know, I've seen other people do. Um, that's never going to work well for you. Right. And that's part of why I shifted because I was like, I'm no longer in love with doing just sleep. Like I am in love with doing the whole thing. And so I was finding it very difficult to sell sleep stuff because it just wasn't where my heart was anymore. Yeah, I really identify with that. I'm actually finding so much joy recently in supporting parents that have older children, like the toddler, the preschooler, the the big kids sleep. Um, yeah. Not that I don't enjoy the infant stuff, but like the toddler and preschooler stuff really just like me up too. these. Yeah, it's yeah. really great. Um, and it's just, it is, it's so much easier to show up holy and happily when you're doing what really lights you up. So, you know, sort of navigating your own path in a direction of serving yourself so that you can better serve others, I think is really crucial. Yeah. And listening to those, listening to, even if it's not super obvious to you, if you're feeling like you want to procrastinate on it, like I really hate writing sleep plans. I so do I. Hate um, and so I like hired someone to help me, but I still felt like I needed to edit them all. And it was just like, okay, nope. And so I restructured. So I have a course that teaches them everything that would be in a sleep plan and then calls. Cause I still love supporting and sharing and giving, um, feedback, but I don't like writing the plan. So like, okay, you guys can write your own plans. <laughs> and I will help support you and find the missing pieces and stuff. That's more more my jam. So you can really choose however you want to structure your business. It doesn't have to just look one way. I love that. Maybe, maybe I'll do the same. Although I probably won't because like, <laughs> I don't have to, I don't have the time or the energy for that. But I love that, that like you took what was not serving you and was not making you happy and you like eliminated it from your process so yeah. that you could really focus on the work you really enjoyed. I mean, yeah, that's well, and I show up better, right? Like, I think what what took me a while to realize is that I show up and serve people better when I'm lit up by my work. I don't know how much you you follow human design. Um, do you follow I it don't. at all? No. Okay. Um, 
it's, I find it fascinating. I'm a generator in human design, which basically means like, if it's something that your body is like, yes, to that, that's what you should be doing. If your body's like, no, then it's really not going to serve you or anyone else. So I find that when I'm lit up by something, I serve people at a much higher level than when I don't want to, if I don't want to do it, I just, I have such a hard time showing up. And so I realize, like I'm not serving my clients the way they deserve to be served because I don't want to show up in this way. Um, yeah. And it takes a little bit of time. You know, I've like redone my sleep packages probably four or five times in the last three years, but that's okay too. Like, don't be afraid to change. Yeah, I, I really identify with that. I think that that's sort of like a universal, I mean, that feels like a blanket statement, but it does feel sort of universal that people work harder when they like their work and when they enjoy what they're doing. And, you know, when you're going to work and you're just feeling mediocre about it, it's really hard to put yeah. your best foot forward. I think that, I think that's pretty universal. I definitely feel that way. Uh, for what it's worth with the sleep plans, I have a lot of like procrastination and dread around the idea of writing a sleep plan, but then I write it and I'm like, Oh, that was no big deal. Like every single right. time that happens, I'm like, why am I putting this last, 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 last? Like I wait until the last possible minute. And yeah. then it really just like comes together just fine. You know, I don't know why that happens for me, but Every See, I, I procrastinate and then it still, it takes me like three times as long as it should, because I don't want to be doing it. So I keep like scrolling Facebook or whatever. And I'm like, God, no, like, <laughs> yeah, get to work, get to yeah. work. So yeah. I wanted to ask you because this podcast is all about sort of like the business side of sleep consulting specifically, but really just like entrepreneurship in general, I feel yeah. a little bit compelled to ask you how you've done with growing your business as a happiness coach. Um, I find that moms are always putting themselves last. So the idea of these moms hiring a happiness coach, while I 100% see the value in it, it also feels like it maybe could be a tough sell. So I'm wondering yeah. what has been your experience with that? And have you been able to articulate your value in this line of coaching so that you can build this arm of your business? Yeah, so that has been <laughs> such an interesting question because with sleep, there's like an obvious tangible result. And with happiness coaching, um, it's taken me a little bit of time to figure out what that is, right? And how to articulate it in a way that isn't so complicated because there can be so much that goes into into the work that I do with somebody. Um, and it covers so many areas of your life. So finding a way to describe that has been, it's just taken me some time to dig in and like figure it out. But I really feel like just in the last couple of months, I'm starting to really come to a place where I'm articulating that better. This year, it's not a totally fair question because this year I took a step back from my business for the last several months for a variety of factors. So I have not been putting as much time or energy and I'm just now ramping back up with my son in preschool. Um, that being said, I have had some one-on-one -on -one clients. I have had members in my um in my group coaching program called the happiest mom society, people are buying my planner and journal, people are joining my vision board workshop. So like it's happening, but it's not happening as fast as I would like. And then it comes back to like being fair with myself. Like it could be very easy for me to judge myself that it's not growing as fast as I wanted to. 
but I had to step back and say, wait a minute, like you cut your work hours in half, right? You didn't, you had a period of time where you couldn't take on any one-on-one clients. So like you're all, you're, you're putting out lower ticket offers. So that's automatically not going to make as much money at first. So like, okay, let's reset. Like actually things are going well. And the word is people are starting to now recognize me for the happiness coaching, which was a big, a big thing I've been working on this year. So that being said, revenue is down from last year when I was doing exclusively sleep work. However, I'm feeling it start to build and um, I'm feeling all of the pieces come together. I really had to figure out what my suite of services looked like and how they all fit together. And now I really feel like those puzzle pieces are coming together in such a beautiful way. Um, and I'm super excited about it. So yeah, I think that where you are right now with like your happiness coaching is where a lot of our listeners might be with their sleep coaching, where they're just starting to get their footing in figuring out their systems, their messaging, their brand identity, what they stand for. Um, what sort of transformation they offer. And, you know, when you're in that moment, when you're in that sort of at that crossroads of like, you finally figured out what lights you up, the transformation, you know, you can get for your clients. Then it's just like, one of those, what is it like that book, the tipping point where it's like, all that work, right? Like, you know, there's a, there's a line in that book about like all the work that goes into water getting cold enough to freeze, right? Like at 32 degrees or whatever it is, right? And like, you don't see any of that progress as the water's just getting colder. And then all of a sudden the water's ice, right? And it seems like maybe that's where you are a little bit in your business. And I think that's where a lot of listeners of this podcast are either either they're already sleep consultants and they're working on getting their own traction or they're thinking about doing this. They haven't even said yes to themselves yet. And they're still sort of in their own heads about what their businesses are going to look like, how they're going to find the clients, what they're going to say, how they're going to build the business. And they're just afraid to say yes to themselves, you know? And then that moment where they decide to say yes is like, the ice has frozen and now they can get going on their way. Yeah. Well, and one thing that I think, um, at least for me, and I've seen in some of the sleep consulting groups that we're in together is there can be this perception is like you get certified and then people are just going to be banging down your door because they want help. Right. And for me, that wasn't the case. Like, I had to learn a lot about business and marketing and sales to really understand how to communicate that transformation. Who is the person that's going to hire me? Um, Because for a long time, I was wasting my time talking to people that would literally never hire a sleep consultant, right? And so figuring out how to target your message appropriately, how to market it appropriately, and how to like, how to sell. And how to talk to the right people, like, where are the right people? Where are the right people? What's the demographic? You know, what's the demographic? I remember spending a lot of time on sales calls and like figuring out, okay, these are the people that say yes. And these are the people that will never say yes. Okay. So now I know who those people are. Now, where do I find those people and coming up with a strategy? So, um, 
looking at business from that perspective is really important where, I mean, I came into this, I knew nothing about running my own business. And it really took me a long time of like struggling. And then I hired a coach and that helped. And then I hired another coach and that helped like give me some of those foundational pieces. So I love that in your program, you offer that as part of the certification yeah. is like a complete game changer. Cause I wouldn't have spent the first nine months of my business with zero clients. If that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we and that was that was the main reason for why I created my program was because I saw all of these women coming out of other sleep consultant certification programs. And like, yeah, they knew how to sleep train a baby, they knew how to establish boundaries with the toddler, but they had no idea how to find clients, they didn't understand sales, they didn't understand marketing, they didn't know how to create systems in their business. and, And they didn't have the proper foundation of like, the mindset of an entrepreneur, you know, uh, you know, I always say like the four pillars in my business program are sales, marketing, uh, systemizing and mindset work. And the mindset work is the most important piece of the puzzle, because, you know, if you don't believe that you can be a successful entrepreneur, then like you can't. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And the flip side of that is like, when you do believe it, then, then it's possible, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's been the biggest part for me too, is like, I thankfully am an extremely stubborn person. (laughs) And even though it's been a very difficult journey for me in terms of like, I didn't have instant success, I had to really dig in and do like a lot of work when you come to the other side of that and you start to see the fruit of all of that labor, it's like, okay, like that, this was worth it. And not just that, but a lot of that mindset work makes us better humans and better mothers and better partners and better friends. Right. And so like you actually end up changing, not just the lives of your clients, but your own life and your own family and breaking those generational cycles, right? Like it's so much bigger than just the mindset work. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, actually, I, the last question that I had written down to ask you, which I feel like you just answered, was yeah. that I, I wanted to ask you sort of point blank, if you have found true happiness on your journey through both parenting and entrepreneurship. And I feel like through this whole process for you, you've come out on the other side happier and and sort of more, right? And I have too. So I totally, I identify with that, like through struggle and hard work, uh, it builds resilience and ultimately confidence and happiness. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, I had no idea that that would be part of the part of the journey. Um, and I hate to say that I'm like the happiest because I always think there's room for growth. Um, there's a coach that I follow who says you're never healed. You're always healing. Like there's always another layer and there's always more work that we can do and to be an even better version of ourselves. Um, but yes, like I'm by far happier. I have so many more tools in my tool belt for how to parent, how to manage my own stress, how to heal my, my body. Um, so yes, I would say hundred percent happier than when I started. Before we wrap up, where can everybody connect with you? If they'd like to learn more about your programs, 
uh, just get on the route to a happier li life for themselves, uh, where, where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Heather Reed Coaching, also on Facebook at Heather Reed Coaching. My website is heatherreedcoaching.com. And then if you are interested in um, the upcoming Say Yes to You, it's so funny you use that verbiage too, because that's my planner and my Say Yes to You challenge. Um, but if you are interested in kind of learning more about my planning system, because I use it to manage my life and business, I hate separating them. Um you can find me in the happy mom hangout. I think is what I rebranded my Facebook group, but you can find it on my Facebook page too. I'll make and sure I'll make sure to dig up the link and I'll link your Facebook group in the show notes. Yes. Perfect. So that's coming up in October. That will be um, October 10th through 14th will be when that, and it'll be a free challenge. Um, so you can start using some of the practices I use every day. Awesome. Heather, thank you so much for being so candid and honest and transparent about everything that you've gone through in your business and your journey. And I just, I literally love everything that you're doing. I'm cheering you on from the sidelines and um, congrats on what you've got going on so far. Can't wait to see what you do in the next year or so. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much. And I hope you will tune in for the next episode.